This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 19, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. The meltdown in Pakistan leaves American troops in Afghanistan more vulnerable to supply lines that exist only at the whim of a shaky Pakistani government. The U.S. needs Pakistan's assistance to fight terrorism that may spring from those ungoverned tribal areas. So what's the next proper step for the United States, especially when, as Cato foreign policy analyst Malou Innocent tells us, the American embrace in that region is toxic. Well, in recent developments this week, uh, Pakistani forces fired on two U.S. uh, military helicopters, forcing them to return back to Afghanistan. And just last week, the Pakistani government uh, stopped all Afghanistan-bound supplies and fuels uh, that coursed through Pakistan into landlocked Afghanistan. And that was in retaliation for a U.S. commando a military incursion on Pakistani soil in what many Pakistanis feel was a violation of Pakistan's sovereignty. And essentially what's happening is that, according to uh, the New York Times, Secretary of Defense uh, Robert Gates has been pushing for several months to actually root out the militant safe havens in the tribal areas of western Pakistan. This is an area that's been virtually ungoverned by a state entity for several centuries. And as a result, uh, U.S. forces in Afghanistan have been attacked repeatedly by cross-border incursions. And so the logic goes that the United States can and should uh, exercise greater latitude in these tribal areas, given that al-Qaeda, Taliban, Tariqi Taliban, and other militant groups are stationed in this region. President Bush has approved these cross-border raids, and that has caused some, some problems there. But for the political leadership in both Afghanistan and Pakistan, there seems no to be no willingness really to deal with whatever uh, radical uh, developments would be growing out of that mm-hmm. region, with the border not really being treated as a true border, and both Pakistan and Afghanistan wanting sort of the other country, I suppose, to deal with uh, the problems there. Exactly. If they're even viewed as problems, mm-hmm. what is the what is the fix? And, and is there really a problem with the Bush administration saying, well, look, if you're not going to do anything, we will? Yeah, I mean, you actually bring up some really good points. I mean, what we're seeing today is an outgrowth of decades of acrimonious relations between the Pakistani government and the Afghanistan government. When Pakistan actually has, uh, tried to assume independence after the uh, the British Raj left the subcontinent, Afghanistan was the first country and the only country to not want Pakistan to actually accede to the United Nations. I mean, this is a conflict that goes back decades, and uh, Afghanistan has never recognized the Duran line, this imaginary demarcation between the two countries. And there you would find the same tribally organized Pashtuns which are predominant in many parts of Pakistan and Afghanistan. And so who is governing these areas? Afghanistan's uh, President Hamid Karzai says that Pakistan needs to do more. At the same time, Pakistan has sent um, over 100,000 troops since 2004 into the tribal areas. They've lost thousands of soldiers, some three-star, four-star generals. So Pakistan was trying things, but I think their heavy-handed tactics have had um, unintended blowback onto Pakistan. And there is some question as to whether or not Um, The ISI, Pakistan's uh, Internal Intelligence Agency, Inter-Services Intelligence Directorate, whether they are turning a blind eye to the Taliban sort of as a proxy force against Hamid Karzai's regime in in Afghanistan. So there's some question regarding that. There's also some question a couple weeks ago whether the... uh, Government in Islamabad was giving a wink and a nudge to uh, America's uh, incursions into the tribal areas, sort of, okay, well, we don't have the predator drones, so why don't you go in and uh, weed out the militant safe havens? After the 
most recent incursions, especially given this week the Pakistani forces firing at U.S. military helicopters, that appears not to be the case, at least. I mean, these are two war and terror uh, allies that are going at it. And considering that the United States has a shortage of allies right now, I mean, this is definitely a scary and ugly development in the war and terror. The United States has invaded Afghanistan, made a huge investment in uh, Pervez Musharraf in Pakistan. At this point, how does the U.S. lower the temperature between those two countries while still uh, attacking a source of global terrorism along that region? Mm -hmm. I think the best way to, to go about you know, quelling the, the regional unrest is for the United States to work in greater coordination with both military and civilian leaders in Kabul and in Islamabad. Um, the United States, essentially what it did for the past several years was neglect the region, only set benchmarks on, on progress, nothing in the way of some sort of substantive coordination with, with uh, their war and terror allies, and sort of, you know, essentially outsourced the war uh, to Musharraf, who up until recently um, was a military, uh, I guess uh, what some would say dictator of, of Pakistan up until recently, and America's embrace of Musharraf definitely was a political liability for him and other uh, Pakistani politicians politicians who happen to toe a pro-American all line. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, recently President Bush, just last week, announced that he wants to withdraw roughly 8,000 troops from Iraq and deploy another 4,500 by February 2009 to Afghanistan. But there's also a question of well, what is the long-term objective of these troops being sent to Afghanistan? I mean, I've been reading a lot of reports about, you know, U.S. troops who either are deployed to Iraq and then Afghanistan and vice versa. And they say, I mean, there are very little in the way of similarities. I mean, you can walk into a home in Iraq and, I mean, you can see the movie Spaceballs in Arabic. But, I mean, in Afghanistan, I mean, many of the villages have literacy rates in the single digits, no electricity, people still live in mud huts. I mean, honestly, this would be an undertaking from the bottom up. Does America have the wherewithal, the reputation, the resources to, to sort of pull um, this sort of bottom-up strategy of basically redeveloping an entire country that's been largely um, hostile to foreign occupation, has been invaded by empire and after empire, never quelled? Um, so honestly, some sort of political reconciliation would be the best answer. Military force or throwing battalions at the situation won't necessarily bring about a resolution to the problem. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can read more of Malou's work at Cato.org.